All right, let's dive into the third episode. Thanks for sticking with me. I'm still your host, The White Rabbit, and let's just dive into it. I'm standing there with my thumb out, remember? <laughs> um, this episode, I will take you all the way down France and cover the stories there. And I can tell you there's a pretty good one, so stay tuned. Um, yeah, I'm standing there in Ghent, as I told you before, and um, it takes me about 20 minutes or so to have my first ride. And you must know that I left in the afternoon somewhere, around one or something, I think. Can't remember correctly. Um, and I was leaving for Lille. So Lille was going to be my first stop. I already contacted a girl on there who is from Poland. Her name is Martina. And she stayed with me in Ghent when I was uh, hosting on Couchsurfing. So earlier that year, around January 2016 or February, she stayed with me with her friend. And she was going to study in Lille. So... My brother and I actually took her by surprise uh, by car to Lille because she didn't really know the city and she didn't know the hang of it. And uh, yeah, so she got to know Lille because of us. And then she decided that she definitely wanted to study in Lille. So she made it happen and she went to Lille and I was invited by her to start my travel there. And um, it's... Close by Ghent, it's like uh, 60, uh, no, 76, sorry, 76 kilometers to Lille. So it's quite close. And I think it took me about three rides or so to get there. And my last driver dropped me off close to the train station. And the train station was pretty close to her. So I had an app on my phone, like an offline map that I would download beforehand and I would just follow the route all the time. Uh, obviously in France or to Lille at least in Belgium. So I, I know my way and I know how to get around and about. But just to be sure, especially if I was going to be in South America, I wanted to have, I would say control, but I'm not behind the steering wheel. So it's not really control, but I wanted to kind of follow where we were going just to make sure that uh, nothing happened like as I told you in episode two where uh, we were dropped off in the middle of the highway um, I want to I want to make sure nobody's taking me the wrong way anyway so um, I walked from the train station and it was already dark and I must say it was hitting me f pretty fast in reality because um it was intense, like I got there by dark and it, it felt a little bit uneasy, like, okay, I'm here and I couldn't check my phone because I didn't have a plan on my phone, so I had to go and check Wi-Fi um, to contact my host that I was arriving, but I think I couldn't. And then I just looked it up and I walked uh, to where she lived and was close by but not like right behind the corner so um, 
So I walked there, got a really warm welcome because Martina is like a really warm and hospital girl, like a um, hospital girl. <laughs> like she has a warm hospitality mind, whatever. Ah, oh, sorry guys, my English. I hope I will improve with this podcast. Um, I will improve my English a little bit. Um, please, again, I'm going to keep repeating it, but give me some love, please. Give me some love and peace because I'm new to this and... Anyway, so uh, she gave me a really warm welcome. It was so nice. She was living in the basement room and I was able to sleep. I think I was able to sleep with her in her bed. I'm not sure. I don't remember correctly. Yeah, Martina, if you hear this, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, or maybe on a sleeping mattress. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, and then... She cooked dinner for us with her roommate. It was really nice, uh, delicious food. And then uh, we went out that night or not the next night. She had plans uh, the, the next day. That, 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 was, ah, that was my daughter. Um, she's sleeping next to me. So if I'm a little bit more silent sometimes, that's because of her. Um, so yeah, I was, uh, we went out the next day, uh, we went out to drink some beers and that was crazy because, uh, yeah, there, there's some details that are missing because it's been a while, but, um, I remember that it was so tough. I had a little diary with me where I wrote in in private things and I like I reread some things and and it was really tough. Like it was the first time somebody was going to pay a drink for me without me not like it was me not almost I would say not wanting to pay because I had this project, like, uh, so it was a very tough situation I put myself in, um, and straight away I realized, okay, like, you need to be humble in a very intense way, like, you have to be so grateful for everything people give you without wanting anything in return and I mean I did feel like Martina was really fine with this I think she bought me one beer or something it wasn't a big thing but um yeah for some people it is a big thing and it was like I think we're set to feel not right when we don't have the money for things and when somebody pays something for us, we're just set to feel anxious and not good about it at all. Um, it's really hard to switch this button in our head to say, hey, it's okay that they buy you a drink. It's okay that somebody does that for you. Because in the end, if somebody does that for you, they don't want to do it. They don't have to. But the fact that they're doing it 
they're doing it with love and yeah like it's also nice to give to somebody so I guess taking away the fact that that person is giving to you is also not nice anyway I can get really deep into this because it was super intense um, this first couple of weeks I really had to find a button in my head uh, like a, a, a switch to turn off and to really like enjoy being without money because yeah it's strange people don't understand it and sadly it's the harsh reality of a lot of people a lot of people are really poor and they don't have anything to 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 drink or to go out and have a drink so yeah putting myself in that situation willingly it was um yeah a hard reality check um so straight away I realized okay if somebody's gonna offer me something um I always want to stay humble and have them buy me whatever they want um maybe that way they will buy me something they like and I will try out new tastes and it's really interesting so that's what I decided and I also decided not to drink too much alcohol or like at least not a lot of alcohol because I really wanted to stay true to myself and not get carried away now I'm thinking if there's any moment in my travel where I got really drunk I don't remember any at the moment so I think I'm fine um yeah so Sitting in that bar with Martina was one of the first moments which was um, an intense reality check. And I think she might not feel, might not have felt that. Um, yeah. And then she also uh, took me one of the days to a free zoo. There's, I think there's two or three free zoos in, in France. And I'm very skeptical skeptical um, about zoos because ever since I was a kid, I used to uh, write, what's it called, WWF and like these kind of organizations that um, like make an effort for animals just because I was really interested and I found it mind-blowing how animals were treated around the world and I refused as a kid to go to the zoos. <laughs> Obviously, sometimes it was a school uh, school trip or something. And I know there's people who will say, yeah, but animals are treated well. And yeah, um, I'm skeptical about zoos. But anyway, I was traveling in a state where I want to be humble and wanted to open, be open for anything that came my way also a free zoo so we went there i took some nice pictures it was really nice um there were nice nice animals there but again i think it's a, a little bit sad that they're captured um and 
Also, I met with a friend who lives in Lille. He's from Lille. His name is Gianni. And it was so interesting to meet him because he also, like, he traveled around the world. Uh, he also went away for one year. And it was really interesting to meet, meet with him because his vision was... Yeah, he had also the most amazing stories and his vision was just really um, changed when he came back, uh, but still very, very beautiful. Uh, he took me on a motorcycle ride and showed me where, where he worked. Um, he worked in, in Decathlon and I think he afterwards he went to Shanghai and stuff So for Decathlon, so... It was, it was pretty crazy. Um, so yeah, those were my days in Lille. Not nothing really special. Just meeting with friends and having a hard reality check. And then after two nights, so the third day, I left for Paris. Um, I actually left the first date. Uh, I left on... Um, the 16th of September 2016 for some of you it doesn't mean anything for me I thought it was quite nice to two of the same numbers 16 16 yeah I liked it anyway um, so yeah then the 19th I left for Paris and yeah that's a little bit crazy because um, I packed my bag, I'm on the go again, and stand hitchhiking a little bit towards where the highway starts. Um, and a guy stops, and I want to enter in his car, and I immediately, when I opened a door and wanted to speak to him, immediately I felt this really bad energy coming over me, and really... Something like, I did not trust this man at all. And I just said, uh, you know what, thank you. Somebody else is picking me up. And I closed the door. And that was that. Uh, I think it's super important to trust your gut instinct. And I think that's really what I learned in this travel. To really trust your instinct. And to also learn how to trust your instinct. And know when is it your instinct that is talking to you and not just your thoughts driving you crazy or something so yeah um that guy i didn't trust him at all so i just didn't get in the car <laughs> that was that um and i stood there hitchhiking for quite a bit and i went to paris the second city where i stayed and Paris was another eye-opener, another crazy, yeah, um, wow, such a reality check. Because in Paris, I stayed with a guy, Thibault, he was a super interesting guy. Um, he was a neuroscientist, I think. He was like working with brains and stuff. He he told me stories that I'm I'm a little bit going to like 
really fast in my stories now, but um, he was um, conducting experiments with brains that were ah, disconnected from each other, but still they were seeing that the two brains were having the same like telepathic behaviors. It was crazy what he told me. I can't say it in his words, but I was really like, I, I think I can feel that we do, we are connected somehow. And we kind of can feel each other, each other's feelings and, it was quite interesting him telling me the stories of the experiments and stuff so he lived in Paris and on the eighth floor or something uh, really nice view uh, not from the Eiffel Tower because that was a bit further um, but yeah it was um, crazy because the next day he went to work and I was off from the morning uh, out on the streets. Um, I don't think he gave me a key. I think um, I was just on my own outside. And yeah, fair enough. Because my first hitchhiking, uh, my first couch surfing story was the same. That I was so excited to start couch surfing that I was like, um writing this girl from Colombia and I told her like oh yeah if you want to come and couch surf at my place come 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 because she wrote a public request is something you can also do in couch surfing write public requests and then people can see who's coming to which town and they can invite you over at their place that's what I did with my first guests because I couldn't wait <laughs> and um but then she was going to stay from Friday to Saturday or to Sunday with her brother. And it was my first time. So I was like, oh, sh like, what do I do? Like, I'm working Saturday. So they cannot be in my house, right? So poor, poor girl and, and her brother. Oh, that was so sad. So I left her out on the streets the whole day. Oh, it was so sad when I rethink, like, when I think about it, I would never do that again. Like, if I like, have a good feeling, I would just say, stay in my house, close the door behind you, and we'll figure it out, and even give them a key sometimes. It just depends. But obviously, uh, everybody does it in a different way, and, and not everybody has to give a key. Um, I think everybody can do it on their own terms. So anyway, I don't think I had a key for Thibaut's apartment. Not that I remember anyway. But yeah, I was out on the street and I wanted to see Paris anyway. Um, and oh, and the day before, um, when I arrived, that was too early. So I, I took a little walk on the Montmartre, I think. Or was it... Uh, yeah, I think it was a Montmartre. Doesn't matter. Uh, so the next day I was uh, I was outside and I was thinking, okay, now I want to see the Eiffel Tower, I guess. <laughs> We're in Paris, yeah. Uh, I've been quite 
a few times to Paris because Paris is not that far. Um, it is, let's see how far it is from Lille. It's 220 kilometers from Lille. So, yeah, it's not too far. Uh, sorry, guys, for who, like, calculates in miles and stuff. I, I, yeah, just Google it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, the Eiffel Tower. I've seen it a few times, but I thought this time I want to see it without money and see what it brings. So, I am at the other side of Paris, and it was gonna be eight point something eight point six kilometers to go to the Eiffel Tower and yeah without money is without public transportation you're not taking a metro in Paris without money um, or at least I didn't want to do that I didn't want to illegally start traveling with buses or public transportation because I mean yeah in some countries it works to to drive illegally but I didn't want to risk a fine or just also because of my karma and stuff like uh, the, I wasn't gonna take advantage of things that was definitely not my intention so yeah walk <laughs> walk 8.6 kilometers in Paris and back <laughs> um, I started walking and uh, very quickly, I realized, okay, this is different because I've been a few times in Paris and Paris is really beautiful and it has a lot of beautiful areas. But uh, what I discovered that within those beautiful areas, it's not like a like a circular like part where everything is beautiful. It has like spread it around a a broader region there's like bits and pieces all over the city and within those parts normally you don't see it because you're underground on a metro but damn above ground there were so many poverty so many poor people um it was 2016 so it was the time where a lot of um illegal People were crossing all the way from Syria. And bless those people who just left their houses in, in, in a rush probably and, and took all they, they could. And yeah, I got really sad when I saw them all on the streets in tents and tents. And I just... I felt so bad for them and one lady comes up to me and she asked me for a bit of money <laughs> but I told her I'm very sorry but I don't have and she almost got mad at me because she didn't believe me um, and yeah there is this whole transitioning going on in my travel where the way I think about homeless people is often very different to what most people think about homeless people. A lot of people would be like, yeah, why why did she get angry? And 
that's so stupid. And of course you're not going to give to somebody who's angry. But yeah, those people are in hunger, in pain, in... They're just fucking thirsty. Like having a glass of water is a privilege in some places. And it shouldn't be. It's a privilege if you're on the streets and you're homeless, water is not even the, yeah, not even an easy thing. Although in Paris it's changed now. You have free drinking water on the streets. But still, like, yeah, and it's just dehumanizing. Um, it's it's just dehumanizing the, the whole, yeah, how how you feel when there's nothing to eat and yeah but anyway I won't go too much into it but I felt really bad for the lady um so I continue and damn after like five kilometers I thought I would have a break and it was lunchtime and luckily my host gave me some breakfast and the day before he also made made I think I made some dinner or he made some dinner I think I can't remember um but anyway that night I was definitely gonna make some dinner I also decided always to stay at least two nights with a host because I think otherwise it just feels like a place to sleep and you don't really get to know them or you don't get to know the city um, especially if you hitchhike when you hitchhike you're losing almost a full day so um and I just really wanted to get to know my, my guests, uh, my, my hosts. So um, I always decided to stay two days. So uh, yeah, back to my route to the Eiffel Tower. Um, and then by the midday, I was uh, deciding to, to stop. And after like five, six kilometers walking, I was already pretty tired. Um, it was really intense and, and, and I felt... Uh, yeah, I, I, I was hungry. Um, later on in my travel, I realized that I do not know hunger. Unlike a lot of poor people, but I felt hungry at that point and, and I still didn't eat. And also just knowing that you're not going to eat because you still have to wait until the night to see your host and and have an exchange with him it was really tough and I was sitting there I remember I was sitting there on a bench in Paris and I saw a, a lady with her daughter her baby girl sitting there and they were eating a sandwich and I was just looking at the sandwich and for I think half an hour I was thinking should I go ask if they have a little bit of leftover no, I won't. Should I go ask? No, I won't. But should I? Like the whole time it was like this battle in my mind of being hungry but not being able to ask. And they ended up throwing half of the sandwich away in the bin right in front of my eyes. And I also did not have the... <sighs> the 
the force to go up to the bin and take it out because I mean it wasn't a bag it was clean and the daughter almost didn't touch it it was half of the sandwich left so I could have just put my hand in the bin but I felt ashamed I didn't want to do that because people would look at me and, and, and yeah I would feel ashamed felt very ashamed um, in the beginning of my travel and then I just picked myself up and I continued and I walked more and I walked more and after seven kilometers I just couldn't I really couldn't I was so tired and I had to walk the whole way back and I thought no I cannot deal with another kilometer and a half because that's gonna make three if I have to walk that back and I saw I was near the river I was like at the side of the river and I saw the Eiffel Tower from afar and I was just like you know what guys I'm giving this a wrap <laughs> for today I'm going back to my host and yeah I'm gonna go and see if I can get some food so I called it a day and I walked back and it was whew, really intense so yeah I went back and met up again with my host gave him a haircut and then the next day I packed uh, I gave him a haircut and I also cooked the dinner and the next day I packed the leftovers I guess in a, in a little box and I left for Lyon Lyon or Lyon Lyon <laughs> is 466 kilometers from Paris so I went to leave bright and early and um, then yeah Lyon is uh, in between the south of France or the Mediterranean and uh, Paris and it's a typical stop for um, people from Belgium who are traveling to the south it's like a typical layover to have a little rest because yeah it's, it's it's a perfect break and I knew it only from that only from people stopping there for uh, one night and then continuing their their travel so I thought maybe I should stop there Lyon it's uh it's it's a city that I don't know and and we'll see what it brings um also if it's quite interesting because um I don't speak French or at least I don't speak French good enough I used to uh, in school we get taught in Belgium we get taught two uh, languages it's Dutch is my mother mother tongue and uh, French is our second national language so Belgium is parted in two and the top half is Dutch and the bottom half is French and then uh, you get taught French in school from the age of 10 or at least when I was younger and I used to speak quite a little bit of French and I used to be able to yeah have a little conversation with somebody and 
get around it about and my French used to be better than my English but then I went to work on a cruise ship when I was 19 and my English got really fluent in those 10 months better than now <laughs> or that's what I think um so yeah then I got fluent in English and I kind of forgot all my French and each time I went in France I just I thought it was so much easier to pick up French again uh English and and speak English to people in France which was a little bit rude I think now but anyway um I just spoke English and hoped somebody would understand me rather than do the effort and speak in French because I mean it's somewhere there um and that's one of the main reasons why I also wanted to travel through France because then I would be able to pick up my French again especially hitchhiking it's like I really want to do the effort to speak the national language and if I was going to go to South America where is all Spanish speaking or Portuguese speaking um I was like shit that's a Latin language so if I travel first through France and pick up my French again and like get a little bit of the hang of speaking with a, a French accent <laughs> um then I would be able to better pick up Spanish that that was my thought behind it and uh because I didn't speak any Spanish uh, nothing at all like I tried like a couple of lessons on Duolingo and I learned manzana which is apple and that was about it <laughs> so anyway that was about my french why i chose france a little side note um so yeah lyon didn't know the city no idea no clue and i arrived there and <gasps> it was so beautiful like the the truck driver dropped me off near the river and it was i think about a kilometer from where my host lived and this host is a couple, uh, a couple that wrote me because I wrote some public requests, like I told you about uh, the girl who stayed with me from Colombia. Um, so yeah, I uh, was invited to Barbara and David. That was my, those were my hosts. I actually looked it up a little bit on the website again because. There's a lot of names and I'm not that good with names. So yeah, uh, I arrived in Lyon and it was really interesting to me because um, I was walking along the river and it was really nice. All the houses along the river were nice and there were like slides going down next to the steps for the kids and uh, it was just it had a really nice feel to it. People were enjoying the sun, and um, nobody was walking their dog on a leash. All the dogs were just walking next to the people. I thought it was so beautiful, and just the blue sky and everything uh, just feel made me feel really relaxed straight away. And then I arrived at my host, and ah, oh, they were the cutest couple ever they're so not ever because yeah there's other cute couples <laughs> but no they're really really sweet and uh, they had really beautiful apartment with like a 
a view over Lyon. It was so pretty. And I was able to sleep in the couch there. Uh, same as uh, with Thibault in the previous apartment. He had also a fold-out couch. And uh, this couple had like just, just a normal, regular couch. Uh, it was really nice. And they Barbara made us dinner. Or they both made us dinner. I don't remember. Uh, we talked about so many things. Luckily in English. Uh, with my hosts. I mostly spoke English. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then. Uh, Friday. Uh, no. The, the, the evening before we had um, dinner actually. He recommended me to get. Like to go to the old town. In so Lyon is like parted in new town and old town and he said like you have to go to old town and check it out because it's really beautiful down there and it was it was so nice um it has like a really nice vibe and it was just beautiful it was higher up up the hill and you could see all over the roofs and it was just really really relaxing and really beautiful um, I was only able to stay one night with them. Um, so Friday, there was a guy named Luik. He wrote me because he read about my journey on couchsurfing. And he invited me to picnic. And it was so amazing because he had like a full vegan picnic arranged. And it was so nice that somebody read about my journey and just randomly wanted to help me and give me lunch yeah it just felt really 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 nice and um, I gave him a haircut in exchange in uh, next to the second free zoo of France uh, where we entered as well but like I said I'm skeptical <laughs> skeptical about the zoos um, so yeah, I, uh, cut his hair and that was really nice next to the zoo. And then, um, Barbara and David, right before I left there, cause I think I, I left some stuff there. And after the haircut, I went to pick it up cause yeah, my backpack, I didn't want to run around town. Oh, and I forgot like the picnic where we took was at, um, an old ruin place. I think I have pictures on it from my webs uh, on my website from it. Uh, but they're not like you can't even really see it, even on the pictures. It was so beautiful. It was like a um, like an open air theater, like with all the stone steps, and it was like an archae archaeological place. It was so pretty. It was really beautiful. That's where we had a picnic. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I was going to say when I picked my stuff up at Barbara and David, they gave me a metro ticket that had one more use on it. And uh, they told me where to go to start hitchhiking again. Um, so yeah, I took the metro ticket with a lot of thanks to them. I went on the metro to stand in my second spot for hitchhiking because 
I was already gonna go to Avignon. Um, it was 230 kilometers from Lyon, so not too far. Uh, but yeah, just quite a quite a little trip too. So um, I left also in the afternoon. I, I I remember leaving in Europe quite late actually, like for for hitchhiking. But so yeah, I left in the afternoon for Avignon. Um, and Avignon was on the list to go because it's so nostalgic. Um, I've been there with my dad once before when there was like a art festival going on and it's such a beautiful city. Oh, it's really one of my favorite cities in, in France. It's really, really pretty. And, um, I contacted a guy on there who hosts um who hosts who's like living um quite close. Yeah, hitchhiking that 230 kilometers uh was pretty crazy because it was really fast that I got a ride from from Avignon uh from Lyon to Avignon. It was a young man with his two kids, and it's funny because I uh, wrote the names Loan and Lola. Loan, that's a nice name for a guy. And they were on their way to the grandmother. And Philip, I've uh, also wrote down his name. He uh, offered me uh, a McDonald's on the road. It was really, really sweet. And um. He dropped me off in Avignon in the street or close to Avignon in the street where I needed to be. So it was insane. Like he picked me up when I stood there, not even five minutes. And he dropped me off and he even got me. Hi, Chaska. And he even got me um, dinner. It was so nice. So sweet. And um, I think on the road in McDonald's, I connected to Wi-Fi, even though I don't really like fast food change like that. But um, I discovered that they're really convenient for their free Wi-Fi. So, yeah, um, I texted my Nexos that I was going to be a little bit late. And um, once I arrive... Guillaume was so welcoming and he immediately gave me fresh fruits and everything and we started talking and it was really nice because he was surprised that I was um I think I'd, I'm not sure if he offered me or if I requested but he was surprised because um he lived a little bit out of the town and he doesn't get many tourists over or not many uh, guests over from Couchsurfing because it's a little bit further down but I realized during this travel having people outside of town is even better because yeah sometimes there's just more magic anyway uh, we started talking and he told me about I think it's French guys um, or are there English I'm not sure but what I do remember is that there's two guys having a YouTube channel and I should look it up what their names is and, and 
comment in somewhere in this description because what they do inspired me so much it was like whoa <laughs> these two guys are insane like call me crazy no they're they're flipping insane what they do is they start bare naked they just have like okay they don't inspire me to travel naked get that straight but uh, they start with just like a stick and a little bag uh, like a like a uh, what's it called like a napkin that they fold into a bag like you know like yeah you picture it I picture it I don't know how to explain it but anyway they make a little bag of the napkin and they put in a GoPro to film themselves because they're on, online and a knife and a passport that's it they don't have anything else so they start bare naked and they have several episodes but i saw one episode where they started in the winter mm -hmm. in the north of france it was freezing it was snowing and they started bare naked in the woods and then they would just go out and find people to give them clothes and slowly they would get further and further and their goal was to go to Iceland to go to Iceland you have to cross seas like north of France there is a sea and then you have land which is England and then there's sea and then you have land and it's Iceland so it's not and they inspired me so much because they would start with no money and even though they would accept gifts of money, they would get so creative and they would make like beautiful origami for people who helped them. They would even hitchhike a plane. Like it's insane what these guys do and it's so beautiful. And I got like so overwhelmed with this because it's really awesome. And, and yeah, I really need to find a link where, where I can like show you who I mean um so yeah Guillaume uh, showed me that and it was really awesome and then we went to sleep next day he took me to Avignon and we went together it was so nice um uh, yeah Avignon is, is just really a city that's really nostalgic for me it's really in my heart and it was crazy because in Avignon it, there's always a lot of art going on and also that day there was like um, artists sitting outside making art and there was one lady in particular that caught my eye but that was after we went to the food market so first we went to the food market and we had a taste of a lot of different food samples like like it was all I think it was restaurants um, and like top restaurants were promoting their kitchen there and they gave free samples. It was something really strange and absurd. Like I hadn't seen anything like it before, uh, but it was really nice. And then, um, yeah, after this, this crazy free restaurant thingy 
uh, we wandered around the streets and I saw this one particular artist and she caught my eye because she was making really pretty uh, 3D paper art and um, I, t I started talking to her and explaining my project and she was like oh do you want to I, th I think I didn't even explain it to her yet, but she said, like, oh, do you want to join me in um, in making something? And I said, yeah, sure, but I don't know how. And she said one of the best quotes in my travels. She said, oh, you don't know, but your hands do. And it's so insane. I wanted to make a little rabbit. And... I did not have any idea how to fold or make origami or anything like that. And my hands just like... And after like 15-20 minutes, I had this really pretty rabbit. 3D rabbit. It was really nice. Um, yeah, that woman was, was really lovely. And then we got a little hungry and Guillaume invited me to enjoy some pizza and it was really really nice really really pretty restaurant um really really good and uh yeah it, it was crazy because he gave me so much um i can't remember if i gave guillaume a her haircut i don't actually think so but he gave me so much um yeah it was it was really really nice and I mean he was a guy and I was a solo female traveling but like so how to say like, he was so respectful it was really respectful it was really nice um and then we we were supposed to I was supposed to make my way to Marseille um, to go more down south but um, he was gonna go to his hometown Arla and wow he said to take me there and it was so pretty I was so glad that I didn't go straight to Marseille because Arla is the city where Van Gogh uh lived for a long time and he was inspired by the blue skies and everything and it was so so beautiful it's like wow i was in love with avignon but arle is wow it's so pretty um and then something really strange happened because i was thinking ah oh, you know what i really would love now it's like an ice cream and like seconds after that he was saying you know what i think we should get an ice cream and he invited me for ice cream what can you read my mind like how how is that possible really strange really crazy and slowly i started finding the switch of like accepting people to give to me without expecting anything in return like he was giving to me and he wasn't expecting anything not romantical or sexual or 
like nothing and it was really nice and I started to feel okay I don't have to feel ashamed and I don't have to feel bad and it's okay to accept when people are giving to you like and I slowly started to um yeah to get a little bit more comfortable um and in Arle it's like uh, there's like a colosseum it's a really big round one and it's still complete unlike the one in Rome um and it was the hometown of this guy right of Guillaume and I was super inspired by those guys that I saw on this YouTube channel so I was like you know what fuck it I'm gonna ask if we can go in because you had to pay and I went up to the lady and I explained her my project and I said you know if you want to help me uh, get in without paying and she doubtfully looked at me and then she doubtfully looked at her co-worker and she said I'm not sure and I was like oh please you know this guy right behind me it's his hometown he lives here and he's never even saw it once like he's never been in it because he has to pay and she said you know what just get in and I was so amazed I was like what really oh the church church bells are ringing um so I was so amazed I was like what how is that possible like I can just go up to people of like this tourist attraction and ask and they say yes like wow it felt so good and uh, I went inside and, and Guillaume had the idea like oh maybe she'd also make a little origami so we went on YouTube and I <laughs> folded it out of toilet paper. It was a very poor attempt, but yeah, it worked. There's pictures on it, uh, about it on my website. And yeah, then we're off to, uh, to Marseille. And Marseille is where I meet a really really wonderful girl where I have really amazing adventures um, I'm thinking if I should keep this for our next episode you know what I think and you know what I'm deciding to do I'm gonna uh, call her up and I'm gonna include her in this next episode because Ah, meeting her was really, really, really awesome. Um, so yeah, let's just get some people involved in this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. So I'm going to give it a wrap. Um, thank you so much for listening again and sticking with me. Um, and yeah, all right. Well, that's... I, I, again I wanted to say see you next time but no um, yeah I will speak to you soon uh, next time uh, you're gonna meet somebody really amazing where I have amazing stories 
with and uh, a little bit crazy ones as well. And I'm also going to go to Barcelona. So yeah, stay tuned and bye-bye.